Hi everyone, this is Libby and I'm going to be talking about illness and injury in the trenches. In the trenches, soldiers were regularly exposed to illness, infection and gas attacks. As well as having short and long-term physical consequences, these conditions also put the emotional health of soldiers at risk. Many soldiers suffered from cold exposure in the trenches. Trench foot was also caused by spending too long in flooded trenches. Skin and tissue on the feet could become gangrenous and doctors would sometimes have to use amputation to prevent the gangrene spreading. Unclean water and unhygienic latrines helped dysentery spread in the trenches. This disease caused diarrhea and dehydration. Vermin were also in the trenches, such as rats, lice and fleas, and they spread diseases such as trench fever and typhus. There were four main gas weapons used during the war. These were lacrimatorial tear gas, which was meant to disable instead of kill. This gas caused inflammation of the nose, throat and lungs. Mustard gas, which was a blistering agent that caused burning, blisters, breathing difficulties, and if exposed for an extended period of time, blindness and lung infections. Phosgene, which caused suffocation and was hard to detect detect because it was colourless, had a mild scent and symptoms were delayed. Chlorine gas, a killing agent that suffocated its victims slowly. Shell shock is a psychological illness caused by exposure to death, destruction and artillery bombardment. There was debate about whether shell shock was caused by unseen physical injuries or emotional trauma. Symptoms of shell shock included blindness, fatigue, deafness, shaking and mental breakdown. So as we've just learned, there are four main gas weapons, which included chlorine gas, lacrimatory gas, phosgene and mustard gas. And we now know that shell shock was a psych or is a psychological illness caused by exposure to death, destruction, and artillery bombardment. Trench warfare resulted in a frequency of severe injuries that had not been seen before. Gunfire and shell explosion caused many of these injuries, and the situation was made much worse by these wounds regularly becoming infected. Gunfire caused gunshot wounds, fractures, bruises, and organ damage. The bodies of the soldiers were often protected by the trenches, but their heads were exposed, so there was an alarming amount of head injuries. Shrapnel, metal object, which are metal objects and fragments from explosions, cause severe facial injuries and could even kill. Shrapnel shells were filled with bullets and metal balls, which flew out in all directions when blown open in the air. Other shells exploded violently, causing their cases to break into large pieces of shrapnel. Shell explosions also caused soldiers to get concussed, be hit by debris, buried under collapsed trenches, or be poisoned by carbon monoxide. Many trenches were built in farmland that was covered in bacteria from fertilisers. Unhygienic latrines and bodies dug in shallow graves near the trenches made the situation worse. Serious infections, such as tetanus and gas gangrene, were common because the wounded often had to lie in the contaminated mud for hours before being rescued. These infections could cause sepsis and could even be fatal. The tactics for fighting infection at the start of the war included the anti-tetanus serum, which was taken by soldiers to stop tetanus, washing wounds in an antiseptic solution called carbolic lotion, and then closing them up and wrapping them in bandages soaked in carbolic acid. Wounds were also covered in a paraffin paste called BIP, 
and amputations prevented the spread of life-threatening infections. So what were these main strategies for fighting infection? They were the anti-tetanus serum, an antiseptic solution called carbolic lotion, a paraffin paste called BIP, and amputation. So what were the developments in surgery and medicine during war? Doctors continued to develop new techniques throughout the war that gradually improved the way injuries and infections were dealt with. X-rays helped improve the treatment of bone fractures. War hospitals used X-ray machines to locate broken bones and shrapnel in patients. The Thomas splint helped improve the treatment of bone fractures. The Thomas splint protected the leg from further damage by immobilizing the leg before the wounded man was moved. The Thomas splint reduced the number of fatalities caused by femur fractures in the trenches from 80% to 20%. Syringe cannula blood transfusions. At the start of the war, blood was directly transfused from one person to another. This process was slow and often unsuccessful. The syringe cannula technique improved success rates. This involved taking blood from a donor using a needle and syringe before quickly transfusing it. The difficulty was that blood could clot in the syringe. In 1917, it was suggested that it would be ideal to collect blood in advance of when it would be needed. This resulted in the first blood bank being set up before the Battle of Cambrai. During the war, Antoine de Page, a Belgian doctor, decided that it would be best to treat every wound as infected. As a result, he developed the following treatment process. First of all, thoroughly exploring the wound and removing any shrapnel or bits of clothing and then leaving the wound open to the air for 24 to 48 hours. So, as we've just learned, we know that war hospitals used X-ray machines to locate broken bones and shrapnel on patients. And the four developments I've just discussed were the Thomas splint, X-rays, treating all wounds as infected, and syringe cannula blood transfusions. So which disease was caused by standing in flooded trenches for too long? As I mentioned earlier, this was trench foot. And many trenches were built in farmland that was covered in bacteria from fertilizers, which increased the risk of wound infection. And as I mentioned earlier, let's just recap on the development of the Thomas splint, which reduced the number of fatalities caused by the femur in the Western Front from 80% to 20%. So that brings this topic on treatment in World War I to a close. Thanks very much for listening. If you found this episode useful and want to learn two times faster for free, head over to SenecaLearning.com or click the link in the bio to revise all your exam subjects for free.